Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. Very, very creepy. Creepy all day. Lots of creepy. <laughs> hey, Sarah. Hey, Brie. I have a joke for you. What is it? <laughs> what dog breed would Dracula love to have as a pet? I don't know, Brie. What would he love to have as a pet? A bloodhound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sniffing for blood. That's a good one. <laughs> Peanut didn't laugh though, but Peanut never. Yeah, laughs. she's glaring at me. She it's just fine. Gives, she just gives side eye. I get that all the time from her, so I'm used to it. It's they, fine. They don't, you're not alone. <laughs> Story of my life. I have a joke for you. I'm ready. Why can't Frankenstein fly? I don't know why. Because he can never make it through the metal detector. <laughs> At TSA. Frankenstein and I have that in common every Aww. time. Like, I, I I don't know what it is about me. Um, although I notice that I have better luck if I cover my arms. So if I wear a long sleeve shirt when I go through TSA, mm-hmm. I have a much better chance of not getting pulled aside. But if I don't wear long sleeves and I have, you know, a sleeve and a half of tattoos, I almost always get pulled to the side. Ugh. Like, I'm not the Unabomber. I'm not going to do anything. It's, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Wow. But Frankenstein and I have that in common. Mm. Should we get into our booze news? <gasps> yes, please. Booze news. Booze news. Okay, so Shudder this year is supersizing, as they call it, their Halloween cl- uh, celebration to a whopping 61 days straight. I mean, it should be all year round, but I'll take 61 days. I know. True story. <laughs> um, so they're they're dubbing this the 61 days of Halloween, which is ske- which is a schedule loaded with new treats. Yeah. So it's a two month celebration that will feature weekly original exclusive movie premieres, um, a new The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs Halloween special, a collection of unforgettable chillers from the quote-unquote master of mayhem, Vincent Price. Ooh. I know, I'm excited. Yes. Um, a third installment of the holiday favorite ghoul log. Not, <laughs> not, not the gulag that Stalin threw people into in Russia, but the ghoul <laughs> log. So great. It's important to delineate between the two. Um, <laughs> the return of the Shutter Halloween hotline and 61 days of daily recommend- recommendations from <coughs> Shutter curator Sam Zimmerman. Oh, right. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Should be exciting. Yes. A uh, couple bits of sad news, actually. Yeah, so um, released uh, onto Netflix back in February, there was a... Uh, little show called i'm not okay with this with our wonderful sophia lillis i love her from it and it chapter two and gretel and hansel Uh, yeah and gretel and hansel i mean we we all didn't really like that one but it's fine and nancy drew (laughs) (laughs) i was trying to not say that one just since we're going with sophia lillis movies that we don't like yeah exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but uh we just learned um that netflix is not going to proceed with a second season of this coming of age series i kind of liked it i truthfully i haven't watched it i mean i've I've been busy it's kind of the same thing like i liked it but i was like "Mm, it could have been better but I felt like Sophia Lillis did a good job. She's a great actress. Yeah, she really is. I think that sometimes she just, her agent kind of ropes her into doing projects that aren't. Her agent is not getting a fruit basket. No. <laughs> Maybe no. money wise, 
he or she would get a fruit basket because she's just doing all these movies. Mm -hmm. But like, come on, get her some good roles that she, you know, you know that she can do. Yeah. I mean, because she can she can do anything, but the, the projects just aren't good. Yeah. They're just, you know, not not great stories. I mean, the Nancy Drew one. I didn't bother. I couldn't even. I, I, okay, I watched it. <laughs> I, I didn't bother. I watched it and I turned it off real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't could see that. It was like watching one of those uh, those live musical things on ABC. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, you know, the train wreck, it's, it's, it's already starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like that. Yeek. <laughs> um, well, in other news, uh, another cancellation out of the coffin, Penny Dreadful City of Angels mm. was canceled after just one season. I mean, it was okay. It, it wasn't very good. I just yeah. didn't. It just didn't have the same feel like the first season when Penny Dreadful came oh, out. Oh, the first, the the first, <sighs> the original series the, yes. that had, because it went three seasons. It was everything. It was so good. It was so well casted. It was so well written. It was well produced. It was well directed. Can't go wrong with Ava Green. Ava Green and Josh Hartnett and who else was in that? I mean, everybody was in that. Yeah. And it was so well done. It was this perfect Mix. Oh, and it was filmed beautifully. Like, mm-hmm. kudos to whoever that cinematographer was. Yes. It was gorgeous. But who doesn't love a good gothic series about ancient legends of werewolves and vampires and body snatching? I mean, it was the first three seasons. The original ser- series was just wonderful. Yeah. It was so well done. I was really sad. I only went to three. Yeah. So, sadly, Petty Dreadful, City of Angels. Well, I guess not so sadly because I didn't really care for it that much, but... <laughs> I feel like I'm a tough customer. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. I thought the same thing. The City of Angels. I didn't like it either. Mm-mm. I tried to watch the first episode and I was just kind of like, meh. Mm-mm. And lastly, so it was announced earlier this year that Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers were working on the quote unquote Snyder cut of Justice League. Um, and tens of millions of dollars are being dedicated to allow Snyder to reconstruct the 2017 movie to what the original vision was. Interesting. So I might actually watch it when Me this too. comes out because I didn't watch Justice League. Um, I did. I'm, you know, there Jason are. Jason Momoa, that's it. You know, there, there are those that are. It's like the Munsters versus the Adams family. There's very few co-fans within the middle of that Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they don't exist because they obviously do. Yes. But there are, you know, there's the Venn diagram of Munsters fans and Adams family fans. And then there's a little piece in the middle that are both. Um, I feel like DC and Marvel are kind of like that too, yes. where you've got DC fans, Marvel fans, and very few are, are both. I'm not a DC person. I never have been. Um, with the exception of the OG Batman movies. Oh, heck yeah. Thank you, Michael were, Keaton. Well, the ones that were done by Tim Burton. Yes. One and two. Wonderful. Yes. Um, agreed. After that, eh, I kind of liked, liked the dark Knight. It was all right. It was my, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was entertaining. It wasn't mm-hmm. my most favorite movie of the year. So you're telling me the, the Val Kilmer Batman was not your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Val Kilmer. <laughs> Stick to playing Doc Holiday in Tombstone. Oh, he was also really good in The Saint. He was phenomenal oh, yeah. on The Saint. He was Saint. really good in that one. Um, well, speaking of Batman, though, what do you feel? How do you feel about uh, Robert Pattinson as the new Batman? <laughs> Sparkly did you see, vampires. Did you see that trailer? Oh no, I didn't waste my time. Oh, I did. I had to see it. I didn't mainly because I wanted to see. Um, oh God, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Okay, 
that might save it. I'm actually very excited about that because she, just seeing her in that role, it, to me, is very reminiscent of Eartha Kitt. Yes. Who is a favorite of mine. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see that. I don't know how I feel about Colin Farrell as the penguin. <laughs> it's I mean, weird. Danny DeVito was the best penguin ever oh, to I mean, 100%. Exist. <laughs> if nothing else, he's just a little teeny tiny baby guy. Yeah, but I'm... I don't know. I did watch the trailer because obviously it kind of got leaked and then they just finally released the whole thing. What happened to Colin Farrell? He's like normal now. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I miss the bad boy Colin Farrell. Yeah, what happened to the the Colin Farrell that was dating Lilo and snorting coke every five minutes? And <laughs> then he did Saving Mr. Banks and he's like, everybody's disappointing dad. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. what happened? Poor Colin Farrell. No, I mean, he's just, he's so, I, I'm happy for him. He's just so normal. Like, what happened? I mean, no, I, I, I like, guy. I don't mean that as a criticism. I mean, like, he really turned into a normal person. Like, yeah. I'm proud of him for but cleaning for the himself good, up. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm know. proud of him for cleaning himself up. But what happened? Like, that's my question. What, what made Colin Farrell turn normal? Maybe he was just tired of living that life. I was expecting to be like Andy McEnroe, still in his 50s and flipping cars and tables. <laughs> oh, man. Well, <laughs> but good for him. Now yeah. he's the penguin. Good job, Colin Farrell. <laughs> You're going to need to shrink about a foot. Yeah, right. To effectively play this role. <laughs> but I mean, I did watch the trailer and I mean, I, I okay, as far as DC goes, because I'm a DC and Marvel fan. You're in the middle of that Venn diagram. Yes, I am. But there's only certain things on DC that I like. Whereas I feel like Marvel, I kind of like a little bit of everything. But DC mainly, I like Batman. Gotcha. So, like, I've seen all of them. So I'm probably going to see this one. Just because I feel like I'll need to make my own review of it. I probably won't see it. I will trust your review. Okay. I'll let you know how it goes. Hopefully it's not a sparkly vampire Batman. Now, I will say the new movie that he's got coming out on Netflix, I'm excited to see. It's the one we talked about last oh, week. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. He was really good in The Lighthouse. Yes, I saw that. He and Willem Dafoe, I'm just like, guys, you, I, I hope you got some good therapy after this movie because mm-hmm. you're both going to need it. Um, He was really great in that, but I mean... <laughs> I don't know. When I think of Batman, I think of somebody who's, you know... Big and burly and bulky and... Oh, like Ben Affleck? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we're ragging on all the Batmans today. (laughs) Is it really so hard just to get Michael Keaton back on the payroll? I mean, he's a little bit older now, so I don't think he could do it. They're they're doing wonders with CGI these days. That's true. That's very true. Hell, if Harrison Ford can keep making Indiana Jones movies, (laughs) we can bring Michael Keaton back (laughs) to be Batman. Uh, I didn't mind uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, he was pretty good. I, I liked him. He I, was pretty good. I hate how he did the like, hey, I'm Batman. <laughs> like, oh, like, his, his Bane voice? Yes. <laughs> that was pretty bad. Um, You know who else I didn't hate? Or, or no, no, no. I'm sorry. Who else I did hate who was really terrible? Oh. George Clooney. <laughs> like, bro, stick to the Oceans movies. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... And when he just goes like, hey, Freeze, I'm Batman. Like, we're just going to go go Starbucks and have coffee. Like, <laughs> Crystal Donald uh, as Robin. 
And then Alicia Silverstone is Batgirl, Batwoman, oh. whatever. Yeah, I did like Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Though. Oh, she was real good. That was probably... She's one of the other reasons why I like DC. Her and Harley. They're probably my favorite villains of like the whole thing. I never did see Birds of Prey. I I liked Harley Quinn, I, but I've always liked Harley Quinn, even before like when it, they had the animated series and everything mm-hmm. too. Like she was always my favorite, and Poison Ivy, those are always my favorite too. And then they came out with that like where they look all vintage and stuff, and the little pop figures, mm-hmm. really cute. Like I have a whole line mm-hmm. uh, with them. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, enough about that, but. Mm-hmm some things coming out so yeah so we'll see snyder cut i might actually watch it because it's <laughs> supposed to be a lot darker than the original justice league yes so um continuing on i'm gonna share a couple more organizations that um i feel well i, well, I won't say i feel but we feel that would um that everybody should pay attention to and possibly donate and kind of help make this world a better place um we were doing uh, serving we were uh, talking about more uh, creators of color, but I decided to kind of like change it up a little bit and talk about some organizations that are really important. Um, so uh, today I'm going to talk about the the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. Um, I feel like this is this this organization is very very important. Um, it was founded by Thurgood Marshall in 1957, and they're a nationwide organization that fights for racial um, justify and investigates police involved murders. So they're obviously very heavily involved in what's going on today. Uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, just that recent event that just happened. Yeah. Um, on the news. Um, I mean, there's just, it's still happening today. Um, and, it just helps if you help donate you can help them win you know landmark legal battles protect voters across the nation and advance the cause of racial justice equality and inclusive in an inclusive society so please donate um you can also follow them on instagram they post a lot of things a lot of stuff from the news like mm-hmm. i've been following all these because they keep me informed because yep. i'm the person i will watch the news occasionally but i just hate what i see so it's it's hard for me to watch so having a lot of having to follow a lot of these people on instagram and watching their stories and their feeds on facebook or instagram it really helps me and keeps me informed and you know and they're also again getting on my little soapbox they also talk about registering to vote so they have a little link on their website where you can do that if you haven't already done it um but also like i said they're very very heavily involved with what's going on in our world today so please donate help them out so we can just do something about all this racial injustice that's going on right now it's really sad that we're still still here today 400 years later I don't understand it. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> 400 years later. <laughs> uh, I try not to get too political, but I just, I don't understand it. No, and I, I kind of lost my mind a little bit with everybody because it was re- uh, last week. Yes, last week actually marked the 100th year anniversary of the 19th Amendment. Uh. And it made me really really angry to see 
the the women in my life posting a lot about um you know oh we've been able to vote now for a hundred years and blah 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 like not true because not all women could vote for a hundred years the Mm -hmm. voting rights act wasn't passed until 1965 that's right so women of color couldn't vote sure couldn't your feminism is completely misplaced if it is not intersectional (laughs) feminism i still feel like today um a lot of women of color feel like they don't matter so they don't vote well and also um that's it's a way that uh states like to control the vote with populations of color by what incarceration mm-hmm. and incarceration for things that are uh minimal and then once you are incarcerated or convicted of a felony then you can't you lose your right to vote so it's how but but to your point the NAACP legal fund has actually done a lot of work and a lot of good with Mm -hmm. overturning voter suppression efforts in various states so and they also um, mentioning right now to a lot of uh, jail support organizations Mm -hmm. and they provide free services to those arrested during demonstrations against police violence so yeah definitely check them out they have all information provided to you so but yeah please help and donate to them yes so today's topic yeah we wanted to talk about a couple of our favorite spooky movies for kids yeah i mean we've watched them probably so many times a ton of them um we could probably make this another episode well so so i think that's what we were talking about a couple weeks ago we're gonna talk about four of them today there are so many more that we want to talk about so this is going to be a two-parter um this is part one where we're just picking a couple of our favorites now yes and then we're going to do another one again in a couple of weeks and you know leading up to halloween we'll keep talking about fun spooky movies to share with your kids and we know that everybody everyone and their mother knows hocus pocus but there are a couple of other movies that maybe are cult classics or less well-known that are great to watch yes. with your children. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to kick it off with one of yours first? Sure. So the, uh, okay. <laughs> I know we kind of mentioned this um, in the previous episode about the new one being made, but I'm going to talk about the original Haunted Mansion Yay. that came out in 2003. Like, I know a lot of people don't necessarily care for this movie. I liked it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. It's it, it had his little quirks and stuff like that, but I loved all the nods to the ride. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I liked most about it. It's nostalgic. Yeah, and of course, I thought Eddie Murphy did a really good job. I mean, he's, you know, when he's in the he's, kids' movies... He's goofy Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what Disney wanted anyway, mm-hmm. I feel, in his role. Um, so it, for those who haven't seen it... Um, I mean, I would suggest watching it, but um, just a little background. So um, Eddie Murphy plays um, this realtor who's like super workaholic. His name is Jim Evers, and he is a business partner with his wife, um, played by uh, Marsha Thomason, uh, and that's and her name is Sarah Evers. And so they get a, a late night call from uh, from Master Gracie who uh, edward gracie excuse me who is played by uh who is played by uh, nathaniel parker and they get a call like saying we want to you know sell this property and so we need your help so but in 
all in all, there's like a little plan to actually kind of capture Sarah because Sarah looks like his um, fiance from a past life. So that's the reason why, you know, they're getting this family to come here. So Jim and Sarah, and they take their two children to pay a visit to the mansion while they're supposed to be on vacation. But because he's a workaholic, they're going to go see this house <laughs> and, and get their names on it so they can sell it. Um, they end up getting stuck and they start going through the mansion. All this creepy stuff starts happening to them. Um, and they see ghosts and it's very like pretty much reminiscent of the Disneyland and, and Disney world ride. And also, um, Paris has one. Yes. Paris has Phantom one. Manor, Phantom Manor, which is narrated by Vincent Price. Uh, well, it, at least it was for a while, but I, I wish it still was well, so that I could at least enjoy it. it. It was, it was narrated by him for a long time and then they took it out and put a new track in there and then they put him back in, but I don't know if he's still back in. Okay. Well, when I go to Paris, it better be in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, also in the movie, uh, we have Terrence Stamp who plays Ramsley, who ends up kind of being the, the evil guy. And then we have Jennifer Tilly who plays Madame Leota and as you all know, Madame Leota is big part of the Haunted Mansion ride. Um, and then we have Wallace Shawn, who plays Ezra, and Dina Waters, uh, who plays Emma. Um, so overall, I you know I've always liked to watch the movie. It's funny. It has you know those little moments that you you kind of chuckle at <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Like you mentioned earlier, you know, there's this young, young girl who just happens to know Latin. I'm nine and I'm fluent in Latin and I, mean, I, just and I don't go to Catholic school. Like what? Um, so I was just trying to look up kind of like some little fun facts and um, actually in, in uh, Eddie Murphy's Delirious, one of his stand-up uh, performances, um, he suggests that black people would never be featured in such a movie, like scary movie, because they would leave as soon as they saw something supernatural. <laughs> so kind of a fun... That's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I go in a haunted house and I see something move, I'm out too. I mean, yes, but... I'm just saying. Because <laughs> we all know I'm the first to die. <laughs> Oh, after last night, you're the first to die. <laughs> oh, God. You're welcome. <laughs> so just a couple of things that were featured in this movie that is very similar to the Disney theme park ride. Uh, so they have the the singing uh, head bus in there, which is really funny because they're like in the movie, they're like giving him directions. And it's really funny. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that's the part that I kind of laughed at was just the singing heads, like singing the actual instructions and what they're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, so very similar to the ride where they're, you know, singing the songs. Um, they have the same breathing doors. Um, and then, of course, there's Madame Leona with the... Um, uh, with the instruments kind of floating around her. Mm -hmm. They, like she's saying some spell and then the little floating instruments like go after Eddie Murphy. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, there's the ghost carriage outside and you see the, the old man and the dog in the cemetery. Um, also in the beginning of the movie, we get the flashback of what happens to, um, what happens to Sarah 
um, when she basically, uh, Master Gracie wanted to marry her, but his family disagreed with that because, because she was unfit to, in their eyes, unfit to marry him. She was also black. It's yeah, also black. Yes, <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say that. So I think that was the reason why she was unfit. But anyway, um, so she gets poisoned by Ramsley, and he plays it off like she had killed herself because she, you know, she loved him so much and just knew that she could be with him. But that was a fake letter. So Master Gracie actually hangs himself. But if we all remember, in the beginning of the Haunted Mansion ride, we see the hanging person as we're going down the the elevator, in quotations. (laughs) And we see the hanging body at the end. Well, they do the same thing at the beginning of this movie. Um, Also, you get to see the ghostly ballroom dancers in there. Uh, The raven shows up so mm-hmm. many times like it shows up so many times in, in the, the ride. ride and then also the hitchhiking ghosts like that's like the big part where mm-hmm. they try to uh they try to hitch a ride with <laughs> all the people leaving mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to get out of there <laughs> um but also there's a lot of um narrations uh like from the ride that's in the movie welcome foolish mortals and the final arrangements have been made um and then at the end um he mentioned um Ezra I forget what Eddie Murphy says to him but he he says that you know like how are you guys gonna you know get out of here and he always says there's always a way same thing from the right (laughs) there's always my way yep (laughs) um and then also there's the you know the bride's dress in the attic so there's just like little things here and there um and obviously the biggest thing the the clock strikes 13 at at the beginning when Mm -hmm. all the weird stuff starts happening um there's also um five hidden mickeys in the movie Ooh! and so i had to go back and watch this (laughs) uh most notable one is the padlock at the mansion gate uh the second is uh when the executioner acts um almost hits um eddie murphy uh, the third is like really quickly seen when uh, Ramsley pours the uh, the poison in the goblet um, mm-hmm. to Sarah, and then the two other hidden Mickey's are on the couch in the library and in the windows um, that uh, Eddie Murphy passes when he's trying to flee from uh, Madame Leota's um, area with all the you know the ghostly musical band like going after him and stuff. The costumes and special effects designers uh, wanted the ghost characters to become even more dead, like farther from, you know, where they were from the mansion. So um, while Ezra and Emma look human in the house, they're leaving, uh, it causes them to become blue and transparent. And the the zombies in the mausoleum were described as the the deadest as the as they are farthest away um rick baker was actually the chief costume designer oh, on really? this movie i'm not shocked i i mean i think that's what saved it really <laughs> was all the costuming and the makeup mm-hmm. um to be honest but um uh he did the um prosthetic makeup for the zombies in the mausoleum using skull heads for the zombie design um he also designed one of the the zombies as an elderly man holding a cane in order for the mausoleum scene not to be too too frightening you know had to make 
make them kind of funny. I don't know. Those, when, when they started coming out of the crypt. They're pretty scary. There are some pretty damn scary ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, just so, some little cool things about uh, the Haunted Mansion. Um, as we mentioned in the, the previous episode, they're um, pretty much getting ready to make a second one. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But just a, another, you know, a fun Disney one to watch with the kids. And, uh, you know, also coming into this Halloween season. Um, I think it's a good one to watch. Aww. It's kind of fun. Aww. Anyway, what do you have? So the first one that I picked is a very underrated movie called Paranorman. Oh, super underrated. I love this movie so much. I love so this movie much. too. And it actually has, I think it's got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Last oh, time I checked. Okay. Yeah, it's actually super high rated on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is a stop motion animation film that came out in 2012. And there, it actually has some bigger names in it. So the kids, um, namely the main character, Norman Babcock, is played by Cody Smith McPhee. Haven't seen him in anything um, and then his friend Neil is played by Tucker Albrizi, but his older sister is played by Anna Kendrick. Oh, and okay. Casey Affleck voices Mitch, who is her love interest, but Mitch actually is gay <laughs> and has a boyfriend. Um, so that's the other reason why this movie was a big deal, because it was the first kids movie to feature an openly gay character. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, and then it also has Leslie Mann, who plays uh, his mother. John Goodman uh, is a voice of the neighbor. Um, Joe Del Furland, who is the little girl from the Silent Hill movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually plays Aggie, who is the, the ghost of the witch that is uh, in a state of unrest. So, some big names in it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and a little bit of backstory. So, for those that haven't seen it, it takes place in a town, a New England town called Blythe Hollow, Massachusetts. And the main character, Norman Babcock, is able to speak with the dead. And, uh, namely, his his late grandmother, who still haunts their house. But he's kind of an outcast. Um, his best friend is Neil, who's also an, an eccentric, overweight kid who's also an outcast. <laughs> um, but the whole premise of, of the story is this town is commemorating with a play the persecution and execution of a witch 300 years prior. So Norman's in this play at school and he's, you know, sitting there calling out all of the inaccuracies in the story. Um, but then starts having some flashbacks to um, pilgrims and such. So come to find out, you know, it's the 300 year anniversary. There's another character who has been preventing the witch from coming back and destroying the town and, and from the dead rising up as zombies. Um, but then that, that gentleman dies. So it's up to Norman to save the town and figure out how to put the witch's spirit at rest. So throughout this, the story we see, we come to find out that Aggie, the ghost of the little girl, witch, was just a little girl who like Norman would had special abilities. Um, and she was able to communicate with the dead, but during the 16, 1700s, Uh, That was obviously very frowned upon. So they Mm -hmm. thought she was a witch and they executed her as a witch. And she's just a little girl. Um, So it's sad. But Norman's able to put everything at peace in the end. um, And it ends very happily. But 
it's a it's a super cute story um it actually is one of my and an upcoming episode that we'll probably have to do is uh horror film scores oh yes. and how they're done but this actually is my favorite horror film score ever and it's done by a gentleman named john bryan um and i actually have this on a spooky playlist that is a lot of spooky classical music it's great that i listen to at work it's like the greatest playlist that i follow <laughs> on spotify well it's, it's it's nice because i can't depending on what i'm doing at work um especially working from home right now if i'm knee deep in a million spreadsheets and trying to write a macro i can't have a lot of um lyrics going on in the background but i just like having scores of things and if i just listen to piano i'm going to fall asleep but <laughs> i like to listen to horror scores because there there's a little more going on and it's something that i can still that still helps me focus um so a couple of different fun facts about this film the uh during the first the last few weeks leading up to the film's release the production company leica who actually produced the film sent 49 care packages to 49 different people um including neil gaiman my favorite author ever Ooh. and kevin smith oh and each of these packages consisted of a wooden crate that was labeled as quote-unquote blythe hollow that was full of quote-unquote grave dirt and <laughs> each of the recipients had to dig through and unearth a coffin and inside of the coffin was one of the seven cursed zombies from the film. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, complete with background information. That's cool. Yeah, super, super cute. Um, and a couple of other fun facts. Uh, it's set in the town of Blythe Hollow, which is actually a mashup of two other ghost stories. Oh. Noel Coward's Blythe Spirit and Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow oh yeah didn't know that um and during the the very opening scene there's a cheesy horror film that's playing that norman's <laughs> watching with the with the ghost of his grandmother sitting on the couch oh and uh, at the start of the movie it was actually really difficult for each of the filmmakers to do because they had to intentionally make a bad film with bad camera angles poor focus bad acting <laughs> while still working within the confines of stop motion animation so oh boy. yeah so like at one point the actress that's in this really terrible zombie movie is screaming and she's screaming for so long and the zombie's moving for so for like so slowly toward her that she stops and takes a breath so she goes ah <gasps> ah! and then keeps screaming um and then while she's screaming you know the boom microphone comes in her face and she has to hit it out of the way um so apparently that was actually really really difficult for them to film doing stop motion animation they That's had to so make it cool, look really though. stupid i know it was it was really interesting um so they had to also use special camera equipment to make this work. So it was shot using a Canon 5D Mark II, um, which is just a, a DSLR mm -hmm. camera. And to generate some of the 3D effects, they actually mounted it on a special rig that would take one shot, then slightly go to a different viewpoint and take another shot and then shift a little. Like they had to take so many individual shots with this camera to be able to make it work. Oh, wow. I know, so much work. And, and I know that stop motion is not everyone's cup of tea. No. But you absolutely have to give it so much credit yes. due to the artistry that it, and the how much time it takes to not only create the backgrounds and to create each of the characters, but all of the subtle nuances of eyebrows raising, like mm -hmm. slowly, little bit by little bit. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I, I appreciate anybody that does it. I took one class in college and I had to make like a 30 second film. That 30 second mm-hmm. <laughs> little film like took me forever. And I'm just like more power to you guys because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. oh it's so it's so labor intensive yeah i just so did army men I, I was thinking the easiest thing i could do <laughs> i don't gotta carve anything nope just move them little by little and take a little snapshot and just keep going easy easy <laughs> um and then another another um little easter egg norman's ringtone on his phone is the halloween movie theme song oh that's right <laughs> i forgot about that it's so cute um and Jeff Garland, who plays his dad, um, he plays Perry, he plays Norman's dad, Perry Babcock, um, based his performance on his real life best friend, who's Judd Apatow. Oh, mm-hmm. very cool. Yeah. So it was, it's super, super cute. It's a great film for kids, especially trying to teach in, in today's climate of trying to teach kids that different is not bad different is just different yes um and then also how Im- the important role that history plays in our society today mm-hmm. definitely and stop changing it yeah I-, I feel like everybody needs to watch paranormal when that came out i i really really liked it. oh it's so cute and i really liked it it's available um for rent on wherever you download stuff on demand so you can either rent it on Prime or Vudu or any other streaming service. It's also available actually on YouTube. Someone has posted, I mean, maybe after we say this, it'll get taken down, but someone has actually posted the full video on, on oh, the full wow. movie on YouTube oh. um, and it's uncut. So you can rent it there or you can watch the the current live version nice. that's on there. Lots of options. Yeah. So Paranorman 2012, <laughs> check it out. It's an adorable kids movie. Well, my next movie is uh, also I feel like a little underrated because I liked it when it came out is Monster House. I loved Monster House. Ah, it came out in 2006. It was so cool. I, I took my nephews to go see this movie. Was it really 2006? Yep. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> and it was the first uh, Columbia Pictures animated theatrical film to be rated PG really mm-hmm. yeah and to keep the movie a pg rating the victims that were eaten um which basically uh, the character bones the cops and the dog they had to come back to life um during the end credits and that's how they kept it pg so interesting interesting fact <laughs> yes so um voice casts in here is actually a pretty pretty good voice cast in here so we have steve buscemi he plays uh never cracker and we have kevin james um who is who played officer landers nick cannon uh who's the other officer officer lister um maggie gyllenhaal who plays z Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam Lerner, who plays Chowder. I love these names. Uh, Jason Lee, who plays Bones. John Hedder uh, plays Skull. And then Kathleen Turner is Constance. I do love Kathleen Turner. Or otherwise known as The House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but some of the... Uh, some cool things. So they um, the film used 3D motion capture techniques to uh, digitally record the physical performances of the actors um, before, quote-unquote, uh, skinning them with their 
animated forms. So the the basically they had to the actors had to go through motion capture action and ordering to kind of like really animate the character. So they they had to wear these like little suits <laughs> and it had little dots glued onto their faces Aww. and and the head and the headpiece was actually glued to their heads. Um so like sometimes after they took it off the glue would kind of cause like some irritation to their hair and their scalp. Mm-hmm. Um but luckily they would get like a nice little head massage with shampoo. Perks. <laughs> Perks of being an actor. <laughs> Get a nice little head massage. So for those who don't know the story, so we open up to um, 13-year-old DJ, and he is observing his neighborhood. Um, uh, his neighbor, sorry, sorry, not neighborhood. His neighbor, uh, Nevercracker, who's on the other side of the street in the suburb. Um, it it and it destroys uh, tricycles of children that you know trespasses lawn. Um, so when DJ's parents travel on the eve of Halloween, and the abusive nanny Z stays with him, he calls his clumsy best friend Chowder to come play basketball. But when the ball fa- falls into Nevercracker's lawn, the old man, um, you know, he comes out and he's yelling at him. He has uh, a little heart attack, and soon they find out that the house actual house is a monster start eating people and stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) so and then later the boys they rescue um uh, jenny from the house and a trio um and the trio unsuccessfully try to convince the babysitter her boyfriend bones and two police officers that the the haunted house is like an actual monster but nobody believes them um and then so the teenagers go to you know, their video game addicted acquaintance skull and they try to figure out how to destroy the house and they disclose its secret on Halloween night. And so we find out that it's actual it's actually um Nevercracker's wife who passed and she she's the house. She's the evil in the house. So I really like this movie. <laughs> it was very cute. It was a really, really cute movie. And I, like I said, the, the acting and it was really good. Um, just some little tidbits, fun facts about it. Um, so John Hedder, who voiced um, Skull, um, he tripped over wiring and broke his ankle the first day of the set. Oh, no. (laughs) It sounds like me. Um, (laughs) And uh, so in the uh, beginning of the movie, we see a um, the tricycle scene. And this is actually pays uh, homage to uh, the The Shining from Stanley Kubrick. Um, But there's also other little mentions of um, various Stephen King's stories in this movie. Um, So the the idea of a house that comes alive and eats people, it actually can be found in the third installment of the King's Dark Tower series and uh, the the Wastelands. And then so while the, and then another part, um, and while the base, uh, while in the house basement, Chowder sh- shines his flashlight on a mechanical monkey, um, much like the one found in King's short story, The Monkey, um, collected in the skeleton crew. Hmm. Yeah. So some cool things. <laughs> um, another little um, fun fact: uh, during the vacuum cleaner scene, where the boys dress it up to look like a monster, um, it it is dressed uh, just like a kid who walks into the Halloween party uh, in Donnie Darko <laughs> mm-hmm. with the same mask and the Letterman's jacket. Mm-hmm. So a little nod there. And um, oh, a little funny thing. So one of the the main gags in this, I think this was kind of like advertised it 
for the film too. Um, Jenny points out that the the house's uh, uvula, which is part of your throat, mm-hmm. is in the basement. To which Chowder, he he's mistaking the word for something else. And so he exclaims, oh, it's a girl house. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that part. That's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> anyway. Um, and some other things. The film is set in a city called Mayville, which is actually based on the screenwriter, um, uh, his hometown of Mayville, Wisconsin. And then also, um, oh, also another little fact. Um, it was nominated for um, Best Animated Feature at the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. So it did pretty well. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, it didn't do too bad. Um, and actually, um, when it was uh, released, it grossed, it's now grossed uh, $142 million worldwide. Against a production budget of $75 million. Oh, wow. Yeah, so not too bad. And um, right now, um, actually, I was looking up, I think on, uh, oh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 75%. Does it really? Yeah. Ooh. So it's not too bad. Um, no, that's pretty damn good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 6.83 out of 10. So not too bad. But I just think it's a fun film and... I think the kids can watch it. I mean, they might be scared. I don't know. I took my nephews to go see it and they were fine. They survived. So I don't know. I think it's just another fun, you know, kids, uh, fun kids movie to watch, you know, with the family for Halloween. Parents use your discretion. Yeah. I mean, maybe watch it first, but I, I thought it was funny, but I'm also an adult. No, it was, it was funny. And I also don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So... (laughs) Don't take my word for it. <laughs> you sound like LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow, but you don't have to take my word for it. Mm, yeah. Oh, LeVar Burton. Bring Seriously, back Reading Rainbow. I, I don't have kids, so I don't know. Take a look. It's in a book. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to watch Coco with one of my nephews, and he didn't like it because everybody was scary and dead. So, I don't he know. He knows it's going to be him someday, right? <gasps> like we all die someday. As I sip my tea. <laughs> dear parents i don't envy you having to have that conversation with children yep i don't know how you explain that yep they tried to ask me about it and i went to my sister-in-law i was like um this is a question for you (gasps) oh and my when my aunt died a couple years ago and my nephew was three almost Uh almost four he was like two months from turning four he asked if aunt patty was gonna come back for christmas so my brother had told him, no, Aunt Patty went to go and be with Jesus because they're a very, they're a very religious family. So okay. he, so he had said, you know, Aunt Patty went to go be with Jesus. And my nephew said, well, will Jesus let Aunt Patty out for Christmas? Oh. I'm like, oh, my heart. That's oh. not how this works. <laughs> like, so parents, you got a tough job. Yeah. I don't envy you. I don't either. It's hard. Do the best you can. I just want to take your kids, feed them all kinds of candy, and then bring them back. <laughs> Which is basically what I do, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, basically. That's, like, but that's what an aunt's supposed to do, right? Right. Give them sugar and then turn them back in. You're like, here you go. Have fun. But I've Bye. got I've got four that are all five and under. 
They're ages five, four, three, and nine months. Oh, boy. So, like, when mom and dad had to go inside to take care of something, I think, like, my brother went to go grab pizza, and then my sister-in-law went to go change the baby's diaper or something. Uh, And then it was just Jared and I alone with the five, four, and three-year-old. We're like, oh, God, we're outnumbered. Like, if they all bolt in different directions, there's no way that we can fix this I was right like, now. there was no video of this. <laughs> we don't want to remember it. Because <laughs> we were so stressed. Oh. <laughs> like, everybody just left us alone. We're like, there's there's not enough of us to them. Like, the, par- the adult to kid ratio. <laughs> if somebody decides to do something stupid, like, all at the same time, we can't fix this. Uh-oh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, what's your next movie? The other movie that I picked is probably more of a teenager movie. Okay. Um, so like 11 like preteen, 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, and it's one of my favorites of all time. I watch it all the time. It's Monster Squad. Oh, I love this movie. From 1987. Oh, I love uh, this movie. And I love how campy and 80s this movie is so Ugh. you know how you and i were talking about um american horror story 1984 and how bad it is mm-hmm. and we were talking about how well you know all the 80s slasher movies were, were bad but they were campy mm-hmm. so they weren't like bad bad they just weren't good they right. were they were camp classics right this one is 100 percent a camp classic yes um so this one same thing actually holds a 64 percent on rotten tomatoes okay which actually surprised me yeah i would have expected it to be worse especially because i like it because everything that i like ends up being shit on rotten tomatoes um but yeah so it actually has fared pretty well okay um not a lot of big names in this movie um i think most notably are tom noonan who plays the frankenstein monster and Mm. duncan rieger who plays count dracula um, but none of the kids, well, oh, oh, with the exception of Jason Hervey, who was the older brother Wayne in Wonder Years, he's oh, one of the bullies. Okay. Other than that, not a lot of big names in this movie. Oh, sorry. Also a lie. The mom, who I think Mary Ellen Trainer's her name, she was the mom in The Goonies. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's also the mom in this. Okay. Um, she just played a great eighties mom apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, not a lot of big names in it, but for those that don't know and who haven't seen it, because it's kind of a sleeper and it didn't do very well when it debuted, it completely bombed at the box office. Yeah. But now all these years later, kids like me that were born in the eighties love watching it and Mm -hmm. we love love it. It's great. It's just a great movie. Um, so the title characters of the monster squad are this society of young kids who completely idolize monsters. They have a really rigorous uh, quizzing process when they try to admit new members and they hold all of their meetings, their club meetings in a treehouse. And there's his, the main character's poor little sister. I think his name's Sean. His poor little sister, Phoebe, just wants to come and hang out. Like, so I was that little sister. I'm like, can't come hang out with you guys. I'm bored. No, you can't. You're a girl. <laughs> so I was that little sister, um, especially little sister that love monsters. So yep. the Monster Squad's this little society of outcast kids um, who like to talk about monsters, like to watch monster movies and, you know, everything you could ever imagine. Unbeknownst to them. There is a one day every century when good, the forces of good and evil meet this balance. 
And when that happens, there is an amulet that's composed of concentrated good. And when this day of balance is reached, this amulet becomes vulnerable to destruction. And the next day, the balance will continue to fall out out of, you know, at the stroke of midnight. So these kids in doing all their monster research meet a next door neighbor who is a survivor of a German concentration camp, but also who has Van Helsing's diary. And it specifically calls out what this amulet will do and blah, blah, blah. So Dracula still being alive because Van Helsing never destroyed him all those years before, uh, hitches a ride over to Louisiana where the kids live and ends up hijacking Frankenstein's monster that's being carried across the ocean by a World War II bomber. And Dracula is trying to seek out this amulet so that he can control the world and plunge it into eternal darkness. Ooh. Ooh. And so the reason why I love this movie so much is it has all of the classic universal monsters in it. It's got the Wolfman, the Gill Man, it's got the Mummy, and obviously Dracula and Frankenstein. I love it. And there's a little nod to the Mary Shelley Frankenstein story when Frankenstein meets a little girl and in the book he throws her into the pond and she drowns because they're just you know throwing stuff in the water and then he throws a little girl in the water and yeah. she drowns and then he runs off all sad but in this movie the Frankenstein monster actually forms a really close relationship with Phoebe the little sister yeah yeah I love that yeah and um because Frankenstein decides that he doesn't want to help Dracula he does not want to plunge the world into eternal darkness because at one point he was human Mm-hmm. So, um, with the help of their neighbor, who's actually just credited as scary German guy, it's <laughs> um, so funny. Yeah, the the kids seek out the amulet, which happens to be in the bottom of the house that Dracula and the monsters are inhabiting, and they are able to steal the amulet by sheer luck. And their goal is to plunge all these monsters back into limbo. So they have to read the incantation from Van Helsing's diary that's written in German. And German's a class that's offered in high school. So this part didn't bother me like it did in the Haunted Mansion. (laughs) But it's got to be read by a virgin. So I'm out. Yeah. So they get the neighbor across the street to read it in German because she takes German. But they realize, oh, She's not a virgin. It doesn't work. So they go to little baby five-year-old Phoebe. <laughs> and uh, their German neighbor then helps her read the incantation and then send the monsters all back. Although she tries to... And this part I know. breaks my heart. She tries to save Frankenstein so that he doesn't go into limbo. But also, like, why does he move so slowly into the little vortex? For the drama. <laughs> He's like, no. No. But she gives him... She gives him a little stuffed animal to remember her by. I know. It's so cute. Um, so this movie is super fun. It's it's basically like a, a Goonies, but it's a Goonies kind of adventure, but with Universal Monsters instead of the, per, the Fratellis. Um, there's lots of really great little campy bits in there, like uh, when they're trying to escape the house when they're trying to steal the amulet and they burn Dracula's face with garlic on pizza. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's, there's lots of really great fun little pieces of that. Um, I love Sean's shirt that says Stephen King rules. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's great. There's a couple of fun facts about this movie. So 
there's a scene at the end when Dracula is lifting up the little sister and he's presumably going to kill her. Mm -hmm. And Duncan Rager, the guy that played Dracula, the actor that played him, wouldn't wear his red contacts or his fangs around her because it scared her like crazy. So for that scene, director Fred Decker actually just told the actress to scream once the platform raised her up. And she asked him when. And he said, oh, you'll know. And then they filmed that particular shot. And so the scream that you hear when he opens her eye, when she opens her eyes is genuine fright because she had no idea. And she's oh, five. Oh gosh. So it's scary. She probably, sh- it probably took her a while to fall asleep at night. Yeah. It scared the shit out of her. <laughs> um, so this, the movie actually was a lot longer and I think now it's only 90 minutes. It was cut way, way, way down. Um, the first draft of the screenplay was actually so big that it ended up getting completely cut by the studio and the whole sequence, the sequences that they would have added would have added more cost than what the final budget of the film ended up being Oh wow! with just those specific added scenes. Um, and there's actually an extended version that plays on TNT every so often oh. when it when it comes on. But you can actually watch this on Amazon Prime for free if you have if you're a Prime oh, the member. The extended version, yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and it's still not that long. It's still a really short movie. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other fun little Easter eggs. So near the start of the movie, where on the plane where Dracula first appears, there's the word Browning written on the side of it. And that was a a nod to the director, Todd Browning, who directed the original Dracula from 1931. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. mm Mm-hmm. And the Wolfman's face. So all of the monsters that you see in the film are not quite a Mm one-to-one of the universal monsters. So the Wolfman's face is a little different. The Gill Man is obviously not Millicent Patrick's original um, Gill Man, but the Wolfman's face was actually modeled after the face of Stan Winston. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting, actually. Yeah. Hmm. Um, And then back in 2006, Wizard Magazine made a list of the 100 greatest villains of all time, and Dracula was ranked as number 30 on that list, but it was based on Duncan Rieger's performance of Dracula in Monster Squad. (laughs) That's what they based it off of. That's funny. I know. I thought that was really amusing. Um, Liam Neeson actually shot a bit part for the film that never made it in. Oh. I know. No Liam Neeson, huh? Mm -hmm. And there is a... A uh, little glimpse of, or a cameo by Dustin Diamond. Oh, really? Yeah, good old Screech. He has good a small role Screech. as one of the kids who tries to trade baseball cards with the kids. Oh. But that part was cut in the main version, but I think it's in the extended version. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, and the, am- the, the amadillos. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave it. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that. Amadillos, the armadillos that you see in Dracula's castle at the very beginning mm-hmm. when um, Van Helsing's battling Dracula the first time, um, are a reference to then also the 1931 version of Dracula where you see the armadillos crawling around while Bella Lugosi's giving Dwight Fry a tour of the castle. Um, now they're indigenous to the United States, but they were added. To, they were obviously added to the 31 version, which was supposed to be just a goof, but the Monster Squad left it I in like there that. just for fun. <laughs> just for fun. Um, 
And the noise that the rats make during the opening scene of the movie is actually guinea pigs. (laughs) That's funny. I know. Like, they don't even really sound the same. No, not even close. Yeah, that's interesting. Not even close. And lastly... Uh, during the montage where the monster squad's getting ready for that big battle at the very end where mm-hmm. they go to stop Dracula, Sean points to uh, where Shadowbrook Road is on the map to show one of his friends where the mansion is that Dracula's hiding at. Mm-hmm. But then on the other side of the map, it says Cheney College as a location, as an homage oh, to Lon Cheney. Oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, super fun movie. Yeah. Um, Again, it's probably better for slightly older kids to watch. Although, I, I mean, I watched it when I was younger and I'm only yeah, me too. mildly maladjusted. So <laughs> it's it's definitely worth it. Um, know that it's 87 Camp Classic. So you're going to get lots of great 80s music, music, lots of big hair. Yep. Lots of fun stuff. But yes, it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely. Yeah. And there's just, there's so many good ones and I'm glad we're kind of making this a uh, you know two part or three part <laughs> split it up you know however many because i mean there's just so many great spooky kids movies and or just in general just halloween movies and i mean i also can't wait till we get to the christmas ones too oh i'm so excited i love all the spooky the christmas, christmas movies because you know me i'm i'm the kind of person that doesn't want to hear uh, the holiday music right after Halloween. No. Like, I, like someone asked me at Starbucks, like, well, why, uh, when do you like to listen uh, to Christmas music? And I said, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> but this comes from working in retail for a really long time. <laughs> Again, I say, I don't have time for your bullshit, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Leave that simply having a wonderful Christmas time nonsense out of my holiday season. Can we please put that on our merch store (laughs) with our logo on the back? (laughs) I'm just saying. I mean, we can. I'll probably be the only person that buys it, but that's okay. No, I'm going to buy it too. (laughs) I'm sure there's going to be other people that will buy it. That's, yeah, well, unless they're Paul McCartney fans, then they're not going to like us. Don't get me wrong. I love the Beatles. Paul McCartney's a brilliant songwriter. Agreed. Just Simply not that having song. a wonderful Christmas time is one of the worst songs. <laughs> do, 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 oh, <laughs> the mood is not right. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. It's almost my, it is my second least favorite song of all time. Topped only by Europe's The Final Countdown. <laughs> Worst song of all time. You know, I just recently found out that was from a movie. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know that. It's awful. <laughs> it's so awful. As soon as I hear the synth with the do 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 do, I just like it makes me want to strangle puppies, and I love puppies. Oh. It's awful. Remind me to never ever play that song no. near you. Every we not have, that I like the song, but we, we have a mutual friend that every so often will post it on my Facebook wall, and like, bro, you are quickly working your way into not being my friend anymore. <laughs> You're very quickly getting to uh, being deleted. Yep. I'm, I'm about to cancel you. <laughs> oh, boy. But yes. Well, we will continue on with sharing some more great kids spooky movies with you very soon. So definitely be on the lookout for the next one. 
Absolutely. And please like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Our handle is the squad ghouls. If there is an episode that you would like us to cover, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, burning desires, feedback, please email us at the squad ghouls at gmail.com. Check out our website. Yes. And our merch store coming soon. Coming soon. With the Paul McCartney shirt. (laughs) 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 Oh boy. We we have fun here. (laughs) We do. But yes, and please, and if there's any kids movies that you would like us to talk about, like, please hit us up on our, yeah, email us, hit us up on our website, Instagram, Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. All of it. Creep it real. And we'll scare you later. Bye. Bye.